There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome guys to this week's episode of Heavy Metal Tones with me, your podcast host, Tony Evans. Welcome to the wild, wild and wacky world of Black Sabbath's Paranoid, uh, an album that needs no introduction uh, for all the listeners of this show, even new to the show, you would know, um, first you would have heard of Black Sabbath and secondly you'd know, I'm sure you'd know about Paranoid. Uh, it's one of those albums where a lot of the tracks have been played on film soundtracks. If you ever go to see... Uh, Judas Priest live you're always in the crowd waiting the music is going to be war pigs before they come on the sirens um, it, it's um, iconic it's the I think people say that Black Sabbath Black Sabbath is the album that uh, sort of invented the heavy metal genre even though uh, I've been reading Ozzy Osbourne's biography recently and still reading it now which I'll be reviewing on the show in a few weeks time uh, he doesn't like the term heavy metal that, and that's fine a lot of them don't, those early pioneers. Um, but I think this is the album that most people are introduced to it on. You know, it's like um, very few Black Sabbath fans will go straight to the first album. Most of them will get paranoid. Okay, most of them will get paranoid. No, most of them will buy paranoid or listen to paranoid first. Um, I'm not going to go into its full history on this album, uh, on this show this week. It's not about that. This is just about the mix, the record I have of it, and uh, my my feeling behind the mix. So, a little bit of a backstory to this um, this particular show, this uh, this review. I was reading, as I said, Ozzy Osbourne's biography, and it made me start thinking about my Black Sabbath journey and my collection. And people will know, should know by now, if you haven't heard my show, that my very first live, if you heard my show, my very first live gig ever when I was 16 was Black Sabbath Tony Martin's Headless Cross Tour uh, Hammers of Odeon so it's sort of they mean a lot to me um, along with Iron Maiden the two of them uh, and Sex Pistols two of the most important three of the most important bands in my in my life and um, in, that, in that genre of course not in the in the sort of heavy rock genre and metal genre anyway and punk um, I was going I was very lucky um, two years ago, very, very lucky two years ago, to get an advanced copy of the 50th anniversary box set um, of uh, Black Sabbath's Paranoid. And in that box set, which is an amazing box set, if you go and look at my TikTok uh, page, you'll see a video of me opening it uh, and stuff lying around. I do have, I will, send, I will put some pictures up where I can remember, um, if I can remember. And it's a beautiful box set because you've got the original um, Vertigo labelled copy of the original print. Um, it's a reissue, very nice 180 gram reissue. You've got a triple vinyl live album, which is brilliant. There's a couple of live gigs, all background noise, nothing's been um, uh, nothing's been edited out. It's really kind of, uh, there's a couple of alternate versions of some of the songs on the gigs. Um, and then you get 
album we're going to talk about, which is the uh, the uh, the Paranoid Quad Mix album, which has been folded back to stereo. Now, um, that sounds really complicated and and audiophile, but it's actually really interesting um, because those who don't know, quadraphonic sound was the early version of surround sound, right? quad as in four quadraphonic sound for speakers. My earliest um, recollection of quadraphonic sound is my brother Andrew, because my brother Andrew was always very ahead uh, of the game when it came to the audio equipment. Maybe not always the newest of the new, but he always had the latest, you know, he had Bang & Olufsen, he had Quad, he had all sorts, you know, these things, he was one of the first to be there. Uh, first CD players, all sorts of things. Anyway, um, he a quadraphonic sound it was very limited on the the releases that came out on it. It basically they take the um, the original mix and then they um, they mix it through four speakers. As you can imagine, it's exactly like surround sound. Okay, so you might get some drums in one corner of the room. You might get vocals in another behind you. You might get the guitars, or whichever way um, it's mixed into the mix. Um, usually, by doing that, um, you unmuddy and you clarify the the channels, the audio channels. So, with an ordinary stereo mixer, you can imagine, or even a mono mix, they basically squeeze all of it together into um, onto a vinyl record that that um, can only really sort of it takes so much within its sound wall before it becomes mess before it becomes messy and it doesn't open up as well even with the most expensive equipment but with quadraphonic sound um, they they sort of manage to make it split even on a vinyl record which is really quite a tricky tricky thing to do because um, as I've mentioned before with a stereo sound you use the side of the needle and the bottom of the needle to get that two-channel sound whereas with the quadraphonic I'm I am not sure how it works I think it's probably taking the um, doubling that track um, which is you know like I don't know it's, it's just magic to me let's just leave it at that I didn't want to dig in this isn't a pragmatic about quadraphonic sound this is just a uh, uh, me talking about quadraphonic sound anyway back to the old days Andrew had quadraphonic but it was really hard to find anything on vinyl now According to all of the press releases I've read and all the reviews, Black Sabbath's Paranoid on Quadraphonic is something to behold. Uh, I've never heard it on the full Quadraphonic sound. They have released it uh, with 50th anniversary, if you want to get it, on um, Blu-ray that has the surround sound mix on it. Now, back in the late 90s, they did do a uh, a sort of reissue of a quadraphonic sound mix but what they did um cheeky buggers they put four speakers in each corner of the room mic'd up to each speaker and just basically played a vinyl print of it and recorded it from that and that's not quadraphonic sound that's just the same sound replicated in four speakers nothing nothing of the sort um that is available probably careful when you're grabbing that one um if you want to get the vinyl box set uh, that's quite tricky to get hold of now. I got it, as I said, as a, an advanced copy. Um, but I think it goes goes for about four hundred bucks on on um, Discogs. You might be able to get it somewhere a bit cheaper, but that's where I've seen it recently. Um, it is available on DVD um, and CD. Where they're much much easier to get hold of, I, uh, I can imagine, because they're more mass produced. Um, and you, uh, strangely enough, it's not available on streaming services I don't it used to be when it first was released two years ago you could go on um, Spotify and listen to the quadraphonic mix and I don't know what's happened um, it wasn't there when I was looking for it the other day it, occasionally I noticed with Spotify they, they go away and come back so it might come back but there are other streaming services available so maybe try another streaming service if you have it at hand you Apple users you um, now back to the quadraphonic sound so this particular mix um, is interesting because it's not 
aimed at a quadraphonic stereo system because you did need a special system to play that. Um, it is, uh, they've taken the quadraphonic sound and they have folded it um, into a stereo mix. Now, I've read a lot of very negative reviews on this. Why bothers? Makes no sense. I don't understand. Uh, and that's really pernickety. That's the, um, that's the audio files out there for you. This, trust me, um, if you get the chance, you play the original reissue, like the latest one, they've just cleaned up some really good print of, of the album. And then you put on, then you play the quadraphonic folded mix. And I play them through some really expensive, um, really nice headphones that I use solely, as you know, for um, my music room. And, you know, put the lights out, listen quietly. And it took me to a place, it was so, I'll talk about track by track when we, when we get to the to get to that, but it is so amazing as a mix. How the magicians at the studio have done that is beyond me. Now, <laughs> you're going to love this, right? The original Quadraphonic album came out four years after its original release. So it came out in 76. And um, it was mixed by Mike Butcher. Nice ordinary name there, Mike Butcher. Good name. And a very well-known producer that works with them a lot called um, Spock Wall. Spock Wall, as in Spock, as in Doctor, right? As in Mister. Um, yeah, interesting. Eh? Um, you know, it's probably some. It's it's interesting to me because in the book that um, Ozzy's writing, uh, he written, he does say a lot of disparaging things about yes. They um, recorded uh, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath in the same out recording studio in Wilsdon, down the road from where I grew up. Um, uh, at the same time, they were recording Tales from a Tropographic Ocean. Um, and he said the only person that he really... I won't, no, no, I won't give it away because I'm going to talk about the book next week, a few weeks' time. Anyway, he didn't like them very much. But, uh, side note, um, my brother used to get the bus to Wilson High Road and then go to the studio uh, and uh, and wait outside for bands to come out and see if he can get autographs. Um, I don't know if he was that successful, to be honest with you. The Pistols recorded there. Um, Sabbath recorded there. Queen's recorded there. I mean, everyone who's anyone has recorded there. Uh, so it's quite a, a, a well-known uh, place. It had its own little built-in bar and, and cafe in, in there so you didn't have to, the bands didn't have to leave because um, to be honest if you're not from Wilsdon you won't understand this but it's not the nicest of places dear Wilsdon listeners I apologize you know it's a bit of a dump but it was back then in the 70s wasn't it a lower socioeconomic area anyway this let's get away from that subject that side note so quadraphonic sound it came and it went now um, some of the, some bands have re-released them on vinyl on Quadraphonic recently. Um, Pink Floyd has, uh, I believe. So has uh, Crosby, Stills and Nash, and and also I think I am thinking I read that I think um, Brothers in Arms was released on a Quadraphonic mix. I could again. That could be my. Uh, just something that passed my mind when I was re or flashed across my eyes when I was sitting re uh, getting the notes ready. I didn't make a note down of it because it, I didn't think it was I was going to go there in the conversation. But anyway, so this transfer is really good. Uh, again, it's on 180 gram um, vinyl. It's not on the Vertigo label because it wasn't released on Vertigo um, four years after its original release. Uh, they they tend to be more expensive when they came out than the original prints, which made it also more. Um, a little bit unfeasible for some listeners. It was come out in 76, so that's sort of right at the heart of the punk explosion. So it sort of disappeared because, you know, the punks were saying spend no more than a pound, selling records for pennies. Um, and there's, you know, record stops asking five pounds or whatever it would have been for um, Paranoid on a deluxe a quadraphonic sound stereo and, and honestly it's no disrespect here but it was usually owned by people with thick rimmed glasses tweed um you know 
corduroy jackets, um, pipes, and moustaches. You know, the science teachers, the Mr. McGregors of this world. The, you know, I'm sorry, Mr. Gregory, he was my science teacher. Uh, <laughs> was my IT teacher, actually. Anyway, he, he looked nothing like that. The name just come into my head. Um, he was actually quite young and funky, really, when I think about it, for a teacher. A bit of a dickhead, but young and funky. Um, anyway, that was quadraphonic sound. It died off pretty quickly because shops wouldn't take the product in. They wouldn't stock it. Labels wouldn't push it. It was too expensive to manufacture. And the equipment was hard to get hold of. You had to change your entire system up. It wasn't like you just bought four speakers. You had to get a new... Um, you had to get a whole new system to play quad sound. And just like the old um, 3D TVs, you know, people... Very few people bought them when they did to sort of regret doing it because there wasn't much option for it. And that's the same with this. Not so much now with your surround sound systems because they're quite easy to get hold of, easy to install, relatively cheap. And a lot of products are coming out now on your Blu-ray surround sounds. And um, on Monday, one day I might do it. I'm just not into that. I just like the old-fashioned um, stereo between you and me. But after listening to this record, who knows? I mean, it's... If this is how good it is with a folded quadraphonic sound, it'll be amazing on a full quad sound. Anyway, enough for me this side. You have a quick listen to some adverts. Make me some uh, revenue. <laughs> Buy yourself some products. Um, and I'll see you on the other side. Bye for now. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss.
Welcome back to part two of the show with uh, Paranoid's Quadraphonic Stereo Foldback um, review. As I said before, um, most of us, in fact everyone probably listening to this show, has heard at least one track off of this album. If it's not War Pigs, it's going to be Paranoid. Um, a little bit of... I know I wasn't going to go into in-depth of it, but I will just a little bit of stuff I found out, which I thought was quite interesting. Okay, now this is the second album, and they became, after a crap load of work, um, they became quite successful quite quickly uh, with the first album. And so they were into the studio quickly, pretty quickly with the second album. And by this time, they were on the wacky weed, uh, on the... Uh, Colombian marching powder and the alcohols and all that sort of stuff and the big cars and big houses um, remember remember guys back then um, when music was popular and you and it made money it made money serious money pretty quickly um, I know that, that, that the Taylor Swift's of this world will do that but this was this was this is a whole different league really anyway I know people shake, looking at me, going, "No, Taylor Swift's very, very. You know, she's very successful, extremely successful, but she's got so many more arms of uh, of media reach than Sabbath would have done back in '72, right? So, anyway, they had finished up the album and was feeling the the um, producer came down and said, "Look, we it's a bit short. We, we need something to fill it in, um, and so." There and then, Tony Iommi, the riff master, um, pulled out the riff for Paranoid. Giza Butler, the genius lyricist, sat down with a pencil and paper, and away you go, you had Paranoid. Now, it wasn't going to be Paranoid. Originally, it was going to be War Piggery, was the name of the album. Which is a, it's like a marriage, a Black Sabbath marriage, a witch marriage, um, but because uh, and have but because of the Vietnam War raging at the time, even though the lyrics in this album uh, are quite a bit anti-war, um, it wasn't advisable for them to do that because they didn't want to break the American market, and they would have never done by being anti-Vietnam. It would have been the end of their career over on the other side of the pond. So, quick change of cover, because the original cover had them on the front, um, all dressed in army fatigues and, and stuff. Um, so they changed it roughly to the one you see now, which is that strange um, guy in a sort of Superman outfit and a samurai sword <laughs> and a bike helmet in a blur. I, all I can say is that, you know, they must have been they must have been right off their faces on that one. But anyway, who cares? Does it matter really? It's iconic, isn't it? It's wonderful. So we get Paranoid stuffed in there. Now, I've heard some recently, doing some research for this, I read some really, really blasphemous, and I'm talking about blasphemous, in my opinion, uh, words. Now, everyone has their own opinion to what they like, what they don't like. Um, I come across this forum, jumped in, having a read, and one of the guys on there was saying that he got, of all the f tops, all the first six Sabbath albums, this is the weakest. And I'm thinking, okay, keep reading, keep reading tomes, see, you know, everyone's got their opinion. He thinks that um, Paranoid is is all filler, no, hardly any killer. Like apart from a couple of tracks, it feels like it's just too radio friendly. He's heard too much of it on film soundtracks. Um, he thought he thinks Iron Man, uh, Ozzy sounds disinterested and and drunk, and he probably was. But if you read Bo Ozzy's biography, he actually loved recording uh, um, Iron Man, and it's one of his favourite tracks of all of them. So, you know, I doubt that he was that cynical and unhappy recording that. I think you're hearing what you want to hear, mate. Um, this was an old blog, by the way. This is an old old review from quite some way back on. But anyway, that, it just got into my eyes. I thought, mm, okay, so people do have 
harsh opinions about this album. It's not as universally loved as you once would think. And when I played it again through for the millionth time, but this is probably the only like the tenth time on the quadraphonic mix, um, I have some doubts on some of the tracks. But this isn't. We're not reviewing the actual musical content of the album we're going to, we're reviewing the the sound of this album i think this week so um i will one day sit down and do a real in-depth on paranoid but i don't want to i, I think some things should just be left alone and this one is one of them it's an album that i put on um, i like along with volume four and sabbath bloody sabbath and i just it takes me away i don't need it i don't need it's a full course meal for me. It's everything I want. It's rhythmic, it's exciting, it's heavy, it's frantic, it's slow, it's uh, has a message, it's throwaway, it's everything fantastic here, right? Anyway, enough said. We're gonna move on to the first track. So I've just put the, imagine I've just put the needle down on my, um, on my print of the quadraphonic foldback sound and we get War Pigs. Now, Bear with me. I've written a page per notes for each of the um, each of the tracks. So if you hear me sort of scuffing with the paper, nothing new. You know that. So the thing about um, War Pigs in between the two versions, it's like night and day. People, it's like night. It's like night and day. Um, the original print, which we love, we love and know so well. We put on that. Uh, you know, generals gathered in their masses. You know, kudos to a man that can rhyme masses and masses, right? And we're used to it. But I put this on, and suddenly, um, Ozzy's vocals. What they uh, what they seem to have done is dropped his vocal down on the left channel. Um, maybe echoed it half a second, maybe half a beat. So you're getting this sort of this sort of interesting echo of the vocal, which really adds a sort of uh, evil, dark sound. Um, this sort of um, prophetic sound to his vocal, which the song always had. Um, I'm, I played this uh, naughty. I was very naughty when I got the print. I I gave it to me to have a listen to uh, a couple of tracks anyway in advance to have a listen to because he's a big fan as well and he blew his mind away he said it was the best Aussie's voice has ever heard he's ever heard and I honestly think that's the case I after listening to this track I want all of their albums with Aussie to be done the same way it would be unbelievable um, not just Aussie's vocal but Bill Ward's drums have this heft this frantic, prominent heft. I mean, he's always been a brilliant blues drummer, um, one of the most underrated drummers of all time. Uh, he has this splashy, open-shouldered free willness to him, this um, ability to not be restrained by the limit of his size of his kit. You know, he's he doesn't do a lot of cymbal work, but when he does, it's really meaningful. His tom work... Um, particularly later on in the other tracks on this album his tom work is just second to none in my opinion uh, and the way this track this mix um, brings him round the kit it's almost like the kit comes round you I don't know how we're doing in a stereo sound but he's doing it right and I said it's magic alright um, Geezer's bass now Geezer's bass um, how do I say about this? A lot of a lot of bass players, when they're in the mix like this, or in a stereo mix, or in a, a quadraphonic mix, they they're very um, stable. They're the most stable part of the of the audio track. They're almost front and center, just keeping that uh, the tightness to the band. If the drummer's being splashy, right, it's holding back a bit, and Geezer does this for most of this album. There is a track where he changes that, but most of this album, he's he's right there, dead center. And I've never heard his 
bass sound. I, it's, I can almost hear his fingers on the strings. It, it's real bouncy. It's real heavy. It's real doom laden. I know that he likes a really heavy string. Um, but Geese is a genius uh, because, you know, originally a guitarist, very educated man, as an accountant. Uh, of, of all of the band, the most educated of them all, um, along with Tony Iommi, but he's the most educated man. Um, very, very intellect, intellectual, big reader. That's why most of, he did the lyrics for most of the songs, and very conscious, very conscious about the world around him. Uh, uh, being a child of the '60s, right? You know, coming through that time of post-war f- um, uh, ideology, uh, freedom of ideologies, right? But he, um, and it's just, it just, yeah, it, it, it's crazy. And, and Tony's um, orchestration, orchestrations on this track and all the tracks on this album, he seems to, I mean, he's the riff master, right? He's the greatest riff writer of all time. Bar none, bar none. He is the greatest. Um, and it's not what he, when you listen to this uh, mix, because in the stereo mix it's all squeezed together within a certain bandwidth, you have to lose something. This one, it opens up Tony's sound. It breathes more. It's got more space. Um, it's not compressed as much. Uh, his wah, his uh, his distortion, uh, his his use of um, the light strings particularly in the solos, um, if it's much more frantic. I'm, I've worked that, I've written big letters, frantic. Um, it's the clearest I've ever heard of his, of the early albums, that is. Of course, later on with more technology. But of the early albums, of the first four albums, this is definitely, definitely, I mean, it's night and day again. It's just incredible if you play War Pigs and then play this. And then we come into the second track on the album, the title track, the lead single, Paranoid. Um, the I've written here, uh, the stereo panning in the intro is just how you want it to hear this song. It pans in the stereo one, the normal stereo mix, but it's not quite the same on this as this one. The panning is sort of... Now, those who don't know what panning means, I will apologise, I will go over the term for newbie, newbies. It means the sound going from one ear to the next. If I pan it left, it means all the sound goes left. If I pan it right, it goes like basically balance and then in the middle. Um, there's a slight synth sound. And I don't know, I've tried to look into it and see if there was any synth played on it. Um, it sounds like there's a synth behind um, the solo in it. I might be wrong. I mean, I know that on uh, Sabbath Bloody Sabbath, Rip Wakeman. Did a, did a fair bit of solo, a, a bit of um, keyboard work for them, um, and he, he charged him his usual price: two pints of Courage Best Bitter. What a geezer, right? Anyway, and and the, and and again, I'd always listen to this song purely because of the lyric. Yeah, geezer's um, Aussie's vocal and the lyric sort of. I get stuck listening to the lyric because you know me. If you listen to my show, I'm really into the into words and lyricism. And this song, I'm more dragged in by the lyric. But then when I listen to this track, I'd love to hear this with, with no vocals on it. I'd like to hear a, a, a instrumental album of this mix because the um, geezer's driving bass on this is something to behold. It's so doom laden. It's so, it's so um, different from anything else ever recorded. I think even more so than the first album. They really, they've really got their sound on this album. Um, it really comes more prominent bass in this particular track, and and of course, you know, um, Bill Ward's drumming is it adds to the to the to the nuance of Ozzy's. Um, really sad and 
crazy lyrics. I mean, they wrote he wrote the lyrics in sorry, Geezer wrote the lyrics pretty quickly. So you know, it, I mean, he says he says that it's a lot to do with breakups of his of relationships, and it probably is when you listen to the lyric. Um, it is the most radio friendly of the fir- of the first few singles uh, off the albums um, because it's, it's a sing along, isn't it? It's a good old sing along, heavy track. Uh, I won't go, I won't linger on it too much. But this, as I said, the stereo panning on this this track is just is sweet, 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 sweet. And then we um, we come on to Planet Caravan. Now Planet Caravan. Um, there's some really good cover versions of this, by the way, uh, out there. It's their hippie moment for me. So it's the moment where they, if you imagine they've popped, they've had some nice Afghan hash at the beginning of the recording. And by the time to get Planet Caravan, it's really starting to hit. Um, they, you know, you can make you can make out all the anti-hippie stuff you want from Aussie. I think it's all bluff and bluster, to be honest, because... Um, Geezer really was a bit of a hippie, uh, so you know he really sort of drove that sound in the band, and and it's that drug moment. It's their their moment where you, you take a breath. You've had two absolute crackingly roaring songs, and now is a little bit of this sort of and again um, in this mix. Now I'm going to sound really weird when I say this, but in this mix. It's out, there's a lot of bongos in it, right? I, I'm not sure whether it's bongos or floor toms from um, the wonderful Bill Ward. But what it sounds like to me, I sat there. Now, I turned the lights off as I always do. Um, I even sometimes wear like one of those sleep masks so I get no light. I shut the door. I had my headphones on. And it did, for me, feel like I was sitting in the mix or sitting in the middle of around a campfire but in the middle like not in the middle of a fire but in the sort of top of the circle and either side of me were were the band playing and there were several people playing floor toms and bongos either side of me and the guitar was sort of it felt like Tony was wandering around the campfire playing the guitar it was never in the same spot once it had this real jazz um form feel to it now I know that Tony liked a bit of jazz that they did try and pretend to enjoy jazz or learn jazz when they were younger and I think Tony did enjoy a bit of jazz because his father really liked jazz uh, and there's a real sort of it's a very Peter Greeny guitar sound so Peter Green um, from Pink, uh, from Fleetwood Mac uh, early Fleetwood Mac the greatest white the greatest blues guitarist of them all um, the non-American blues guitarist, I should say, UK blues guitarist. I said white blues guitarist once before and got a little bit of stick from it, but um, I don't know why. You know what I mean by that, right? All I'm going to say is so I don't cause any more issues in the future. Just the greatest UK blues guitarist of them all, um, Peter Green. And it does it has that greeny feel. Um, and Iommi would have been listening to that music uh, very much so. Um and it's beautiful. It has. It also has um, uh, Aussies. I think this is Aussies' real sort of tribute to um, the Beatles era music. He loves so much. He loves the Beatles a lot, a huge amount. And this has a sort of, you know, the Sergeant Peppery, across the universe kind of feel. And I think this could be their Beatles moment. I mean, they've had a couple Beatles moments in other albums, but this is. On this album, feels like their Beatles moment. It feels like I uh, know Ozzy didn't write the lyric, but he does put the intonation into the vocal, and it sounds that way. Uh, and it's just a really great piece of music. I mean, I've heard people say that they don't like this version; they much prefer the cover version done by um, I think it was. Oh, hang on, who was the cover version done by? Let my brain cells. I think someone was telling me it was done by. Um, oh, hang on one second. I have to pause. My brain gets there. One moment. Pantera do a cover for it. Sorry, I knew it'd come to me. Um, and apparently, that is a cracking version. Obviously, much heavier. I myself 
prefer this sort of slightly laid back. I know that uh, you diehard heavy metal freaks out there are going to say it's too soft and too laid back, but um, I probably thought the same thing when I was younger. But as you get older, you realise that you enjoy them some of the stuff that uh, you see it in a different way or you hear it in a different way. And honestly, this quad mix folded sound stereo sound mix is it's just opened up so many. It's like it's like putting water into a fine whiskey or a red wine into a glass and leaving it to see it. It just opened up uh, a whole new um, way of listening to this particular record. And you know, I'm going to say it. On the Millsy meter, it goes to 11. This album absolutely bloody does. Um, and then we move on to Iron Man. Okay. Last track on this side, I believe, is Iron Man. Um, now, I, again, as I said before, people have dissed this um, song. Uh, and because of its very simple, very simple rhythmic patterns um i'm gonna shout bullshit quite loudly uh yes it is one of those songs you learn to play on guitar like smoke on the water because it's relatively simple and you know you bend the note before the nut to get that sound right um you can bend it after that on the first fret but it's actually best to bend up before the nut uh Yes, it's a simple lyric. Yes, it's a simple piece of music. But it's iconic. It is like, it's, it's, it, it, it is everything that makes heavy metal fun, right? It's like Run to the Hills. It's like um, Breaking the Lord. You know, it is just those sort of songs, right? It's those tracks that once written, I'm sure they sat down and went, Ah, we'll never have to write another song ever again. <laughs> because it's just the simplest rhythmic pattern with a really great soulful. And people say that Ozzy has no soul in his vocals. They can fuck right off because he has a beautiful soulful voice. Um, yeah, not trained, but then most of them weren't. You know, most great musicians in a, of the rock era are not highly trained musicians. Okay, um, they came from it for a love of music and a way out of out of the out of the shit they were living in. You know, like he said in his book, and I'll mention this again, but I'll mention it again another time. But it was either working in an abattoir, going to prison, or playing in a band. And he loved he wanted he loved the Beatles and wanted to play in a band. And he has got soul, man. And this album, this song, this particular track for me is the most soulful track of the album. I know people might say that um, Planet Caravan is pretty soulful. Yeah, but it's soulful in an obvious way. Um, this is Iron Man is soulful in a more interesting and dynamic way. The only downside to this mix, and it irked me slightly, I had to listen to it about three times. Oh, I hear you say, hard work, isn't it? So I had to listen to it three times, people. Um, the the panning um, is a little harsh, right? Um, it's a little harsh. It's sort of like it's almost like the engineer's gone. Shit, I forgot to turn it to the left, and you hear it. It, it sort of goes. There's no subtlety to it, um, and I just felt that a little bit. That made me a little bit. It sort of took me slightly out of my enjoyment for a moment. I mean, I, I'm sure I could learn to ignore it, but it's just there. Yeah, I mean, you've got to be, you've got to be honest when it comes to these kind of things. Can't be, everything can't be sunshine, lollipops, can it? Right. So for me, it was just a little bit harsh. Um, it's not as fluid, I think I wrote here. Um, but Ozzy's vocals feel more fuller in this mix. In the quad tracked, it's quad tracked again, like in with Warpigs. It's like they've got him in four speakers, which really adds to that sort of um, sad future um, robot sound that he's got going on there. Um, Geezer's bass in this is driving, it's underpinning, it's 
whole sounding. It's um, it's so. I love the way that it, it attacks in the outro. Um, it's frantic. It's the most textured I have heard um, in this mix on the whole of the album. Tony's solo in the outro um, is something. It sounds like it was an afterthought because of the way that the the time signature changes to go into the outro but i just think that's just them being clever right you know and bill's um bill's frantic um robotic rhythmic drum uh piece in this it just plays on on ozzy's soulful uh and sad um music now i've heard many covers of this i have um i believe that uh range against the machine did a, a cover of it uh, not sure to be honest with you or was it war pigs did a couple of, i don't know anyway i think it was paranoid at uh, this one i think it was iron man look there's lots of covers i mean there's um a brilliant um album that came out a couple of years ago by a band called sabatinero which was Tony Ven- Tony Doolan, friend of mine, uh, friend of the show, um, from Venom Inc. and others, uh, raising money for COVID sufferers in Italy during the first uh, wave of the of that dreadful disease that they were suffering from. Um, and hey, basically, because he's a huge Sabbath fan, we're doing Sabbath covers on this album, and it is a fan. I reviewed it, um, not on the show. I don't think I reviewed it in a written word. I'll put a link to that. Along with my Iron Man, the, my quadraphonic, my box set review, um, it is. It yeah, it's. I think it's his 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 best solo on the album, and I think that the cover versions of it often lose, they lose that, they lose that depth you get. They they make it harder, they make it harsher, they make it heavier. Fair enough, that's fine, if you like that kind of thing. But it sort of removes the. The real tenderness, actually, weirdly, in the vocals. And this particular mix, this quad stereo fold mix, you keep saying that and quick enough, you can get annoyed with it. Um, it's just, yeah, it has a franticness to it. It just doesn't, um, doesn't happen in, in the other mixes. It's just not so muddy. It's much clearer. And then we flip the record over and we get Electric Funeral. Now, Electric Funeral, by a long ways, one of my favourite tracks on the album. Purely for the guitar stabbing vocal um, harmony. You know, Electric Funeral, Electric Funeral. Uh, you know, that, um, that real sort of, and, and Tony's sort of bastardization of a blues solo. It, uh, you know, three or four notes it stabs right into your cerebral cortex right right into the brain it's um this is uh what a way to start side two that's all i can say i can't take your breath away breath away it's a really cleaned up version of it um the print on the original mix of it is quite muddy um and you can hear why um, you can hear why uh, Tony Iommi um, is considered one of the greatest guitarists um, of all time on this particular track. It's it changes its direction and its pace and its um, texture and its beat and everything about it in such a dynamic way. Um, it's just beautiful. Uh, and Geezer's bass on it, um, it, it, unlike Caravan, where it was wandering around a bit, this feels locked again, right in the front, right holding. It's almost like in my mind, I have an image of Geezer in the front of this, you know, holding back the tide of this unsatiable machine of of heavy rock, this wall of sound, this 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 bouncing. Um, thick fog of aggression and 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 just pure love of rock and roll, and he's sort of standing at the back like a barrier at the front, just holding it back and keeping them in rhythm and and, and keeping them in check. 
it's just a brilliant you can see why it is one of the greatest bands of all time it's just the electric funeral um again lyrically uh it's quite sad right it's quite it's drug it's drug related um you know they were not at the height of their drug abuse um but they were getting there um they understood they understood the what what they were doing i think and and giza is very smart and i think a lot of this lyric deeply and i wasn't going to talk about deep by the lyric but it, the song really for me is about post-war veterans taking away the pain using opening a vein right if you know what i mean sticking a needle in um it's yeah it's quite a this is their anti-war album whether they like it whether people want to believe it or not it really is the audience wasn't ready for that then but it bloody well truly could be now and um, just brilliant it, it, it is a fantastic way of opening the record you flip, if, if i was a first time listener and i flipped over and put this on i'd be like what the hell where the hell did this come from this is like it's almost undescribable it's not heavy rock it's not blues it's not heavy metal i know that right oh heritage heretics how you say no it's not i mean it's not heavy metal not in the true form of the sense to me it's really like heavy really heavy psychedelia okay um very cream like very uh very early very 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 sort of beach boy like almost right and then we come to hand of doom and honestly with a lyric like first it was the bomb vietnam napalm oh my god right um i don't know how to describe this um the only thing that i don't like about the mix of hand of doom on this particular record is that ozzy's vocal is undermixed it's pushed back the music is so frantic so heavy so um thick and 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 mixed so to a way that you do lose ozzy's vocal now you lose him slightly in the original mix but you lose him a bit more in this one and i um not a fan of that which is a shame because this is uh it just sounds like they're drowning him out a bit they've got a little bit um slap happy with the drums the cymbal work is beautiful uh, as i said he's not a huge cymbal user but he's great in this but regardless um of that the vocals um the way that uh, he emphasizes his lyrical um patterns um are just so stylish and so again so soulful on this i like the fact that it's soulful that it's not you know modern heavy metal is so it's sometimes so aggressive that to find the soul in it is difficult and it's there in this um it really really is um tony's uh, and ozzy's mix in the track um pans left to right and it just once it starts panning left and right it takes you on this this journey this strange journey into the lyric and again i'm not going to go on about the lyric that's something i want you to listen to in another future program maybe um it's sort of very grounding it's uncontrollable chaos it's drug-fueled madness it sometimes it's sad um it has the blend could be better as i said uh it's a little brittle sometimes uh, if that's i don't know if that's a the right word it's a, it's a word that just came to me and it feels frail sometimes in the mix it feels um rushed in this mix compared to the other mix uh but saying that um the way that it pans the way that giza stays put grounded again right the front right there heavy in your face um thunder fingers you know um him and and jeff and twistle you know um around the same time playing that heavy sound uh you know with fingers like thunder 
Um, just they make me want to pick my bass up and play it every time I hear them play every time uh, and it's not just sitting on the root note one octave below thank you very much you know it's not that it's adventurous it's interesting it's dynamic it um, geezer often played the so the Tony's solo pieces directly one octave below and just played the solos as well which added another dimension to Tony's incredible guitar solos and that that's hand of doom right now these next two songs I read somewhere and I actually uh, myself I'm not sure because I have to study a bit more but the there is a theory that the two tracks on this mix rat salad and fairies were where boot slash or Jack the stripper both the same track um, have a different sound to them than the original mix and I really couldn't quite hear the difference I could hear the mix difference but I couldn't hear there was any like um, any musical difference uh, the guitar feels out such a huge sound um, on Rat Salad uh, and Bill's sloppy blues jazz and fusion drums um, sort of take you on this this just rhythmic journey um, now, Ozzy has said quite openly, he has no idea what Rat Salad or Fairies Wear Boots actually is about. He has no idea. Um, does it matter? It does not matter at all. It does not matter at all. If you want to write a book on the nuances and the depth of Ozzy, uh, of uh, Geezer Butler's lyrics, be my guest. But right now, it's just about that crazy, almost... Um, Alice through the look uh, through the looking glass, Alice in Wonderland, you know, um, Lion Witch in a Wardrobe, um, Lewis Carroll esque nonsense, which I really enjoy. And you know, Geezer sitting under the bass, under the guitars here, and he's following the solos, which is what I was talking about earlier. The dynamics of drum, the drums are dynamic. Um, it's not hazy, uh, whereas I find earlier that Rat Salad versions a bit hazy in the mix there's some heavy tom work going through it um it's very very joyful that the tom work is just lovely um again very few drummers can make um floor toms work the way that he can uh you know ian mosey from marillion um if you ever get a chance to listen to a misplaced childhood um I've, i have reviewed it but the floor toms that in that in um, I think it's windswept thumb. I think that's the track that I'm thinking of. Anyway, the tom work on that is just outstanding, and it's the same as this. It's that sort of um, snappy, heavy, solid, solid sound, um, and the way he rolls across them in this is just fantastic. Short song, not a great long song. The whole album is only 44 minutes long, um, eight tracks. Just that perfect, perfect amount of record time. Perfect amount of tracks. Doesn't really hang around too long. You can enjoy it and move on. Or enjoy it again and not spend your whole day doing it. It's just joyful. I've written in big, big letters. If you ever see my book, I've written joyful in a big letters under the, on the page. And that's how it feels. Now, we end the album... Okay, with Fairies Wear Boots slash or Jack the Stripper. Um, it's an almost... It almost sounds like they wrote Rat Salad, Fairies Wear Boots, and then just cut it up and used it to two tracks. Because dynamically it sounds the same, particularly on this quad mix. Um, it's got a similar kind of tom sound running through it. Uh, as I said... I don't know if there's organ on this. Uh, it sounds like there is again. Could be wrong. Feels like there is. Anyone out there more knowledgeable than me on that on this particular track, let me know. I couldn't find any information written on the sleeve notes, but it doesn't mean it wasn't. Um, there's a fantastic sort of Paul McCartney-esque walking bassline from um, from Geezer here, and it sort of. It, it really fills up 
um, the space, right? Really takes it, the space somewhere else, and it it it's actually one of my favourites of, of the closing songs of all of their albums. And I know that Ozzy absolutely loves this song. He has no idea what it's about, but really enjoys singing it. Really enjoys playing it. Loved recording it. It's quite sublime. It's very much. Um, Yeah, Geezer's pushed back in the mix on this one. He's not as forefront, or he's not. You can almost hear them. He's sort of um, relaxing a bit. He's letting go of that tidal wave that's behind him, right? He's holding it back. Um, but it's very prominent at the same time as being very quiet. I don't know how he does it, but it's just does it. Um, lyrically, you know, again, read it. Lyrics, make your own mind up. Um, I think it's just too many late night movies and too much special sauce, if you know what I mean. Um, there was a lot of it going around the camp then. And good on them, because a lot of the time, later on in their career, it hampered them more than opened up their minds. So this time, it did, it did the opposite. and It created a piece of music history that is outstanding and is a must for everyone to own. I know it often appears on top albums of all time lists, you know, in the top 20s. Uh, there was one recently where it was top 50 out of 101, which was a, for me a bloody disgrace. But I don't think they'd listen to this quad mix because if they'd listen to this, they'd be going, nah, that's, that's up there. Um, again, try and get it, guys. I know it's difficult. Um, that's why I've held back on this. Um, I didn't want to do something you couldn't listen to. But I would love to give you that little bit of temptation to try and hunt it out and find it out and listen to it. It is available on YouTube. Whether it's the same kind of sound, I don't know. But you can get the DVD and the Blu-ray somewhere. It comes in the box set. The vinyl is extremely tricky to get hold of now, but it's still out there if you want it. Um, that was the beginning of them. They started doing all the others after that. They did Volume 4, which I've got, and they've done, but they've done a, quite a few. Um, they've done Mustard Reality and... Sabbath Bloody Sabbath and I think they're gonna and they've done a technical ecstasy they're all brilliant brilliant sets to have they take a lot of room in your collection and mind you they do but um, that, that's just one of the downsides isn't it thank you for listening guys really hope you enjoyed the uh, this and hope you go and listen to it um, do come do pop over to the uh, and email me with any review ideas you want any ideas you want for the show any feedback it's uh, heavy metal tones all one word at gmail.com that's heavy metal tones all one word at gmail.com heavy metal tones at gmail.com not heavy metal tones all one word because i'm sure there's someone out there that might type that and that's heavy metal work tones at gmail.com um all come over to my facebook page the links will below um and uh yeah any bands listening to this that want me to review them just reach out, I'm happy to do it. Anyone who wants an interview, reach out, I'm happy to do it. Um, doesn't matter how big or small the band is. I just want to spread the, the modern word, the word of modern music or even classic metal music. I don't care. I just want to spread the word. Anyway, thanks for listening. I've really enjoyed getting back onto this mix and I think it now will have to be on permanent rotation, I think, on my record collection. Um, bye for now. See you later on. Keep listening, keep enjoying it, keep rocking. Bye-bye.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.